Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. So, if, if you've got a Bible, turn in your Bible to uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew 4. Let's, uh, we're we're going to talk about temptation this morning. And my big question that we want to minister into this morning is um, how, <clears throat> how can we win? How do we win the temptation battle? How do we win the temptation battle? Um, this, the I'll just, the first 11 verses, I'll not read it just for a second time, but the first 11 verses in Matthew 4 gives us a, a sort of a snapshot of three uh, temptations that are recorded of Jesus, actually Mark 1 and Luke 4 recorded as well. And while Jesus was tempted probably throughout his lifetime in many other ways, um, uh, this sort of clear example to others and the ability of how to wrestle with, with temptation is very, very plain. And, um, and so the first one was um, turn the stones into bread. He had fasted for 40 days. And of course, G- Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6. He quotes Ge- or Deuteronomy 8, Deuteronomy 8, 3. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of, of the Lord. And then, of course, um, the second one was t- to the pinnacle of the temple where he um, was prompting Jesus to throw himself off. And again, the devil actually quotes Psalm 91.12, saying that the angels will give charge over you lest you dash your foot against a stone. And of course, the idea was that Jesus would be miraculously rescued in public and there would be great power um, given to Jesus for those who were watching this. And of course, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy 6.16, and he, he quotes this, you shall not put the Lord your test to the test. He knew that this misuse of power um, would be a direct violation to the mission that God had given him on planet earth. And so then the third one was the devil takes him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he says he will give Jesus the authority over these kingdoms because remember, he stole the right to those in the garden. And so he, at this moment in time, this is pre cross, and so the devil has the authority. He's the prince of the power of the air, and he's offering these to Jesus. He's looking, saying, short change the system. Forget about Calvary, all that stuff. Um, here, I'll give them to you now. And of course, Jesus refused by quoting Deuteronomy <clears throat> for the third time <clears throat> in Deuteronomy 6.13. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And I love this idea where he says, be gone in one of your versions, or get away from me, or we would say it in plain Irish, clear off. And um, that's uh, basically what happened. And so many observations can be made about this that we haven't time probably to talk about this morning, his full humanity. He was hungry, his full deity, in that he um, he was in some shape or form superior, that he could resist this temptation. He had a strong knowledge of God's word, even the authority to tell the devil to clear off um, <clears throat> shows his deity. And of course, the main thing is that he, 
He offers the idea of quoting the word. Remember, I say this to you all the time, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. And it's the knowledge of the truth that sets you free. And of course, Jesus knew the truth. And the thing that probably I want to say to you this morning is that the, the, the enemy attacks us still today in this way and around our appetite, which is the lust of our flesh, not just appetite for food, but appetite for other things that maybe aren't good for us. Um, so the lust of our flesh, and then around affirmation, so pride's a horrible thing, where it's the lust of the eyes, and then that ambition thing, where it's the pride of life. And we all face temptations in many ways. Thanks, Dave. Um, and, and some may say, well, you know, well, we live in a very corrupt and evil world, but hey, you go back to the beginning of time. Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden. They didn't have mobile phones and all of the things that went along with that. And so we're living in a fallen world. We have a fallen nature. So how do we overcome this temptation battle? Now, there's a passage, don't worry, it's, um, I'm going to break it down for you in a minute. It's just all on the screen. And it's one of, my, one of my many favorite passages in the Bible, but it's a warfare passage. And you learn how to war in this passage. If you want to know how to win the temptation battle, you would probably find every answer you need in this passage in 1 Peter 5. Now, the first thing, we'll break it down without having to read it all at the moment. We'll break it down. The first thing is we need to acknowledge there is a battle. You need to know that you're in a battle. There is an enemy who will attack his slithery tail, um, slid through the Garden of Eden. It's been sliding about for um, all these thousands of years since. And he is not omnipresent, which means he can't be everywhere at one time, like God is omnipresent. But he is everywhere. He's not resisted, um, represented by his hordes and his evil angels that have fallen. And the thing about it is he comes to harass you, he comes to make your life ineffective, and he comes to make your life a misery. So how do I prepare myself as a person, as a parent, as a grandparent? How do I prepare myself? And, and, and what we need to know is the enemy can and he will come against you. Now, here's a couple of little things that I, I want to just suggest. The first thing I want to suggest is that you need to cast yourself under God's protection. You need to know that God protects you. It says, humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty God of, under the mighty hand of God, and in the proper time, He will exalt you. He will raise you up. And what we, what, what Peter is saying here is in every case, God is right. Even when you disagree, you sell out to God. When, when, when your mind and God gets into an argument, go with God every time, trusting in God. You say, like Joshua in Joshua 24 of old, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You say, God is right. His ways are just. His ways are true. You're saying, he's with me. He's my friend. He's in my corner. He's on my side. He's working for me. We stop doing things my way, and we go God's way, all right? So that's the first thing. You need to humble yourself. Cast yourself under the mighty hand of God, casting yourself under his protection, as it were. And then casting your anxieties under his provision. God is a provider. I love how the Amplified puts it, the Amplified says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all in him, for he cares about you with deepest affection 
and watches over you very carefully. Peter chose this way. He chose to put himself under the protection of God, and he chose to put himself under the provision of God. And this is a high priority because the devil uses fear like God uses faith. Just like in Hebrews 11, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. I imagine the opposite's true, that without fear, it's, it's impossible to please the devil. So there's something about this. And so um, they're, they're opposites. They're, uh, isn't it? Philippians 4, 6, it talks about being anxious for nothing. And so there's something about that. And so we need to trust ourselves, put ourselves under his provision, put ourselves under his protection, and we need to give it all to God. And then the third little thing we need to do, we need to cast our eyes on the enemy's prowlings, all right? We've got to keep our eyes in God's protection keep our anxieties under his provision, and we have to keep our eyes on the enemy's prowlings. Now, I don't like to give him too much glory, all right? I don't like to give him any glory at all, but we dare not ignore him. We dare not ignore the enemy. We, we, we start to understand spiritual warfare because we are in a battle, and um, you have to fight. You have to fight for your family, fight for your little ones, not just teach, teach them nursery rhymes and sing them little courses. We've got to when we understand spiritual warfare, we begin to see people in a different light. We begin to fight the real enemy. We begin to realize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we, we, we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers and high places. And so, will there be pressure during the attack? Of course there will. And when this pressure during the attack comes, whenever temptation comes your way, and there's pressure, you need to resist him. Everywhere and anywhere he is not resisted, he will turn up. He's a dirty, rotten bully, and we need to resist him. And we need to determine that we're not going to be passive in this. We need to determine that, that the enemy knows who we are, that we've got a new manual, that we've got a new mandate, that we've got a new manager, that we're in the king's house, and we're now under his protection and under his provision. And he needs to know that. All right, and so when you know that, you can do what Jesus did. You can tell the enemy to take a hike, uh, and you're not listening to his junk anymore because the Bible tells us that he's a liar, and he's actually the father of lies. So you need to resist him. You need to, you need to remain. You need to remain firm in your faith, standing firm in your faith, having done all to stand so you don't throw your faith away. Faith isn't just for the good times. Faith is for the difficult times. So you resist, you remain, and you remember. You remember that you're not the only one. I told this story many, many times. You've probably heard it before, but if you were, were Jill, my, my wife Jill died in 06. For those of you, most of you I'm sure know that. Um, and um, her, her grave, if you go into Lurgan Cemetery and you stood at the gate, it's the furthest corner away, right? As far as you could walk in that far left-hand corner. I remember three or four months after she died, I was at her grave one Saturday night, and it was in that why, Lord, moment. I was angry at God, and how could this happen to me, and only me, and all of the things. And I remember just a wee moment, lifted my eyes, in that sort of far corner of the graveyard and just seeing all the hundreds, thousands of graves and the little thought struck me, well, it's not only me. And I remember that night walking up and down the, 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 the little paths and looking at the dash, you know, because some of the dashes weren't very long. Some of them are long and some of them are short. Born this state, died this state. 
And so there's something understanding that we need to remember. Um, Elijah said this. Remember when Elijah was in the cave, he says, God, it's only me. And, and God had to say to him, no, 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 Elijah, there's 7,000 who haven't bowed, bowed the knee to me, but you're not going to find them in the cave. You're not going to find them when you isolate. So don't pull away. Don't run away. We're a body. We're a family. So there's pressure during the attack, but there's promotion after the attack. I love this. I love this idea of promotion. It talks about, look, look what it says there. It says that he will restore you. You'll be more satisfied. He, he will confirm you. You'll be more settled. He will strengthen you. You will be more strong, and he will establish you. You'll be more sure. Not lovely. That's why I say in this passage, there's everything you need to know about how to win the temptation battle. And so when temptation comes your way, it doesn't come as a, a, a plain and simple, easy thing. It comes as a strength of the devil to defeat you, to drag you down into unbelief and into weakness until you yield to the devil. And it, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. You may not believe in him, but remember this. Believe, whether you believe in him or not doesn't remove him. It's like saying you don't believe in God. That doesn't really matter because God is real. It doesn't affect God. It affects you. And if you don't believe in the devil and his attacks and all that, it doesn't affect him. It affects you. And so it's really important. And I hear people saying, look, we'll get through it somehow. What is somehow? You're not going to get through it somehow. You're being deceived. And until you surrender your life fully to Jesus, and whatever the addiction, whatever the temptation is, whatever the thing comes your way, until you yield it under the Lordship of Christ and under the Holy Spirit, then um, you're, you're, you're just going to be fighting that battle. So I want the guys to come, because I, I want to pray. I don't want to shortchange this, so um, loads more I could do in that, but that's just giving you the bones. Um, but I'd love the team to come, and I'd love us to worship a little bit um, by way of closing. And what I'd love to do, um, because temptation is so rank today, um, you will know that I, I've showed you these couple of things many times, and I don't make an apology for showing them again, because our, our, our lives are built in thoughts, and so you can see in the, in the little diagram, our thoughts are down at the foundation of the house, and if, if we think, like, like, choose, like if we said pornography, if you think about pornography, then it'll become a value in your life. You might like to call it a value, but when you do it, it's a value. <laughs> It becomes a value in your life. And then it becomes a lifestyle action. You can't control it. Temptation, it, it, it just gets you and you can't control it. And then it becomes a bondage. And that's a, that's a stronghold. And you can see there the little red line down the left. The devil moves into that. And I've taught you this many, many times. The only way to destroy a stronghold is to destroy it, not from the top down, but to destroy it from the bottom up. You would tend to think, to take that house down, you would have to take the top off it again and go down. That's not, no, 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 no. The way you build it, look, here's the next one. The way you build it is you reevaluate how you think. This is what Paul meant in Romans 12 when he said you renew your mind by, by the way you think. You don't be conformed to this world, but you be transformed by the way you think. So you start thinking differently. You start thinking um, like... Um, I remember Kenny, my brother, saying this to me many, many years ago. It stuck with me, even around the whole issue of alcohol. He said his little line was, just don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> and um, you don't need it. 
And so when you start to think different, you start to think when temptation comes your way and you think, well, I don't really need that in my life anymore. And you, 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 you hammer home on that. I don't need that. What happens is your values begin to change. You begin to realize this isn't good for me and I'm going to revalue. I'm going to revalue. I'm going to put something else in its place and then it becomes a lifestyle action and then it becomes a good stronghold. And the Holy Spirit moves into that. So um, what I'd love to do, I'd love us to, to pray a little bit. All right, can we, can we do that? Can you play something? Or, and um, uh, Yeah, good. Um, I woke at 4.30 this morning and I felt God say one word to me. I felt God say the word shame to me. Shame. And uh, I said, okay, God. And you need to know this about me. Shame and I have been friends a long time. I don't, I don't actually even know why. <laughs> That's what shame does. And discouragement has been a friend of mine for a long time. And uh, I hate it. And uh, I don't actually even know sometimes where it comes from. So I, when God said it to me this morning, when I, initially I thought it was the devil sent it to me. Shame! And I thought, because sometimes when this happens, if you're like me, you don't even know what you'd be ashamed of. That's what shame does. That's the way the devil works. He tries to put something on you that actually doesn't even fit. And so when, the, when, when he does that in me sometimes, I, I, I just fall to my knees. I say, God, I, I, this shame thing's back on me again. And I hate it. And, I, and I, I, God, I just bind it in the name of Jesus. And I go through that passage that I have just went through and I cut it off my life in the name of Jesus. I've, 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 I've done that for many, many years. And I just felt this morning that to share that I'm being vulnerable this morning because I feel loads of people are the same I feel that the enemy tries to bind us in a thing called shame and some of you in the room maybe it is from a past temptation that you've yielded to many many times and, and, and while you know God has forgiven you you just can't get over the shame that might be the case or maybe, maybe I'm, not, I'm not perfect in any shape or form, and I've done loads of things that I've regretted and been ashamed of, but sometimes the shame that comes into my life, I don't know, I can't pinpoint it. And I have to get before God and say, God, try me, test me, see my heart, check me out, God. Is, what is this all about? Is this just the old enemy trying to do this? And if that's you this morning, I love us to pray for you. And I'd love you to be bold this morning. I'd love you to make your way to the front. I'm going to stand down here too because I think, there, I think as God begins to move and revival starts to come, I think that, I think that uh, God's dealing with these things and he's bringing them out into the open and the enemy's being exposed. And I would love to expose the enemy this morning. And we sang it in one of our hymns at the start in, in the new song that Ben led us in, um, leave your shame at the door because it ain't welcome here anymore. You're in the Father's house. So you need to leave it at the door. And so whatever you come in with, you don't need to go out with. And so I'd love us to stand now and we're gonna sing a song. And, and, and while we're singing that song, I'd love you to make your way to the front. If, it's, if, it's, if this is you, if this is you and you're saying, I am not bringing that thing home with me. 
And I'm saying that today. I'm not bringing this old discouragement thing home with me. I'm not bringing this old shame home with me ever again. All right? You, you don't leave me hanging here now. Could it going to look really silly? All right? So let's stand. And Lord, I pray right now that you would touch every heart. God, if there's false shame in this room, Lord, I pray that this morning that you would expose it in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would expose every lie of the enemy. I pray, God, that you would expose him for what he is. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. He's a bully. He's out to destroy. He's out to make us ineffective. And so, God, for shame in any part this morning, whether false or true, we ask you this morning in the name of Jesus to expose it. Lord, may we put this temptation thing to death once and for all in the name of Jesus. Let's worship. That's you. Make your way to the front. Stand with me, will you? Let me pray for you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.